everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, the sports director of SportstalkFlorida.com, and you're listening to us today on SportstalkFlorida.com and also Blog Talk Radio. Joining me as always, the Sunshine Boys, Joe Henderson and Ira Kaufman. We also have special guests today, and they are from the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. Executive Director and longtime friend of uh, the family here, Wayne Hogan, and another friend of the family, the president of the Florida Sports Hall of Fame, that would be Barry Smith. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to have you, and uh, welcome to the Sunshine Boys podcast. Thank you for having us here. It's always a pleasure. Wayne, why don't you um, give us a little background on what's going on at the Florida Sports Hall of Fame, both you and Barry uh, uh, fill us in on what uh, you know, what you are doing, where we can go and find it, and why people should get out and, and see what's going on at the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. Well, uh, we're we're really having a good time with this project, the, uh, the the resurrection, as it were, or reinvention, as I like to call it, of the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. This is a 56-year-old organization in our state. Uh, It was founded in the early 1960s by the Florida Sports Writers and Florida Sportscasters Associations. Uh, It is a very prestigious group of of members that make up the hall. There are 243 uh, sports celebrities that have been inducted into the Florida Sports Hall of Fame through the years. And as you can imagine, it is a who's who of uh, celebrities, not only on the statewide scene, but across the country. The uh, criteria to be in the Florida Sports Hall of Fame is that you are either from the state of Florida and have gone on to uh, to some measure of greatness in, in the field, or uh, you are you can be a transplant. You can be from somewhere else and have come into the state of Florida and created your sports celebrity while uh, participating within the state. So you can imagine that opens the door to an awful lot of folks. Uh, through the years, the, the uh, Florida Sports Hall of Fame has moved uh, uh, several times. It's the early days. It was at uh, Cypress Gardens uh, over in Polk County. It had a great long stay in Lake City, Florida, uh, and and was uh, was a uh, mainstay for a long time. And then in recent years, it's uh, it's kind of uh, moved around. It's uh, there's been several years where uh, there's not been an actual bricks and mortar uh, location for the hall. I'm glad to report that now there is, uh, but but I really and I do want to talk about that. I know Barry wants to talk about it as well, uh, but more importantly than the location of the bricks and mortar facility is the um, the programs and events that we are putting together that really are a great benefit uh, to our 501c3 charity, which is childhood obesity and um, and the fight against uh, juvenile uh, diabetes. But but also um, just in general to raise the awareness of what a great state this is with regard to our sports history and sports tradition. So we have a lot of great things going on. Uh, that that's in general, you know, kind of where we are. Barry and I have been involved for uh, a short time together. Barry longer than I, but we've been together for a little over a year now in this endeavor, and we're on our way to our second enshrinement event together. Last year we were in Hollywood, Florida. Uh, down at the Hard Rock, and we had a, just an overwhelmingly successful uh, event down there where we had had an induction. And then just coming up, and we'll talk more about this in November, uh, we're going to have an induction ceremony in Tampa, 
and we're looking forward to that as well. So the the, the uh, organization is is on a comeback. It's thriving. We've got a lovely new place where our memorabilia is housed and open to the public, and uh, also a lot of great events and opportunities on the horizon here for us. Hey, Barry, why don't you tell us a little bit about the people who are in the hall and when, of course, uh, Joe and Ira will be inducted? <laughs> you, you guys nice will one, Jimmy. Is, uh, the 12th of never, I believe. The time I will be. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that may be, may be never like that. Well, as, uh, as Wayne said, we have 243 and... I'm actually impressed because I can never remember that. But, of course, being an ex-wide receiver and playing with the leather helmet, the concussions, I can't remember anything. But that's why we hired Wayne Hogan because I, I will say Wayne has just done a fantastic job uh, since he's uh, kind of taken over the reins. And and uh, we're all extremely pleased because he's really, he's really helping us make things happen. Um, you, know, the, you know, to say who's in it, it's just a, a, a plethora of individuals. I think you know one of my one of my favorite is really the 1972 Dolphins. It's the only team that we have in the Hall of Fame, and so you have you know was it 45 guys that uh, all went in one time, but they go in as the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. And I say that because in 1966, I was sitting uh, as a 16 year old. I was sitting in the Orange Bowl when Joe Auer took the opening kickoff franchise history and went 95 yards for a touchdown and um so i growing up in south florida i thought that was actually a pretty cool thing but we have so many wonderful uh individuals to just try to pick out one or two or three it's uh, really tough because they're all just they're, they're just all fantastic of course i you know there's several that uh I, I would say steve spurrier because he was a teammate of mine um, that I'm proud of. Ted Hendricks was a teammate of mine at one time. I'm proud of, you know, uh, and of course, um, Leroy Selman, another one that's uh, very proud of being a teammate with. So, you know, you can kind of go on and on from there. You're listening to the Sunshine Boys podcast on sportstalkflorida.com and blogtalkradio.com. Our guests are Barry Smith, who you just heard. He's the president of the Florida Sports Hall of Fame along with executive director and uh, outstanding play-by-play man, Wayne Hogan. Uh, No truth to the matter at this point that Wayne is leaving the Florida Hall of Fame to take uh, Vince Scully's job in Los Angeles. But it's just another rumor we have to quash. Joe, you know these guys. Anything you want to talk about with regard to the Hall of Fame? Well, I'm I'm looking through – Actually, as we're talking, the uh, the Hall of Fame members, and uh, it it really is a tremendous organization. Um, and it, and what I like about the the Hall is that it it covers the wide gamut of uh, of sports. There are there are people represented from from basically uh, all sports. You got bowlers, you got sailors, you've got obviously football and, and the major sports. But but it it recognizes uh, contributions uh, across the whole uh, gamut, and and that's really cool. And you know, I have to say, I do like uh, that you have media members in there. Um, I'm looking at Edwin Pope right now, the <clears throat> the great Miami Herald writer, Tom McEwen, of course, from the Tribune, uh, and and on and on. Uh, 
I think this is a wonderful thing that you all do. Uh, Florida's sports history is deep and rich, and it needs to be preserved, and I'm glad you're doing it. You know, guys, Ira has a vote for the NFL Hall of Fame. What does it take – what's it take from a voting standpoint to get one of – you know, one of Florida's uh, athletes or one of Florida's uh, sports writers, as Joe said, how, what's the process of getting someone into the Florida Sports Hall of Fame? Wayne, I'll let you take sure. that. Okay, thanks, Barry. Uh, yeah, there, there is a, uh, there's a process, uh, although it's, it's not a cumbersome process. We take um, uh, nominations from anyone and everyone, and we believe me, uh, since I've been in this role, you'd be surprised how many people write or uh, check in with the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. They find us uh, uh, somewhere online on a website or, or uh, a friend passes along the information, and, and everyone has someone who they think should qualify to be a member of the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, we do uh, go through all of those nominations uh, from uh, from the general public, uh, we do have nominations that bubble up from our board of directors. Uh, it's a very uh, uh, a strong board that, that covers the entire state of Florida, as you might imagine. We have uh, currently 18 members of our board of directors who are very active and very helpful in us uh, continuing to uh, push the organization forward. And they periodically will come up with uh, names of, of people that we need to vet as possible uh, inductees into the hall. The process is that the voting is done by the board. It's also done by member, current members of the uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, each year we, we do take a vote and uh, the top vote getters are obviously moved forward and then vetted by our executive committee before uh, being ratified and inducted. So uh, it's, a, it's kind of a simple process, but yet one that I think we take seriously and. I think um, the, the toughest job we have is, is not finding new members. It's it's figuring out uh, the order in which those new members will be inducted and enshrined. Uh, so uh, that that's a challenge. Barry, one quick question in this regard: What's the uh, you know you'd mentioned that something was coming up. What what how many events do you have or try to have each year, and uh, when is the next one, and how do we um, get involved well of course the 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 one thing that we do every year is the the actual hall of fame enshrinement uh which is you know and we build from that point on now depending upon uh the venue and kind of where it is that uh, we may build some i'll call it some satellite events around it uh you know this year we will have a celebrity golf tournament uh, that will be uh, will be played the morning of the enshrinement will be up in Tampa Palms, uh, hosted by Wade Boggs, who is a member up there. Uh, so we're excited about that. Uh, throughout the years, we have done all kinds of events. Uh, we do, you know, I'm a big cigar aficionado, and so you can figure when you talk Hall of Fame, cigars, champions, we do a number of uh, cigar smokers around the state. Uh, we're working right now on a uh, – we're very close to uh, uh, creating a saltwater, an annual saltwater fishing tournament. Uh, I, I also, as you can imagine, growing up in South Florida, I love to fish. And uh, so we're getting ready to do that, a sporting clay event. 
Um, it, it's, you know, mixers, meet and greets. Uh, and we look, you know, for our board members that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, come up with something and we'll piggyback. That's probably another way that we do. We'll piggyback some other events and, uh, and uh, kind of co-op some things. So uh, we're very excited about, you know, this year's event. Uh, just go to our website and uh, everything, everything you need is really right there. What's the website, Barry? It's uh, flasportshof.org. Flasportshof.org. Outstanding. And the next event is coming in Tampa, and the dates and times, and how we might get tickets? Well, it'll be uh, uh, November 14th and 15th. The actual enshrinement is uh, Tuesday evening, November 15th, at uh, T. Pepin's Hospitality Center. And uh, we do have a uh, VIP, a Legends, uh, we call it a Legacy Reception, which will be at uh, a Monday evening kind of a kickoff event at the J.C. Newman Cigar Factory. And uh, and then, of course, uh, Tuesday morning, we'll have our Celebrity Golf Tournament at Tampa Ponce. And uh, on our website, which I'll say is an extremely, it, it's a fantastic website. And, and uh, Ginger Kane, one of our board members, God bless her, uh, stepped in about a year ago and helped us recreate and uh, launch a brand new website that is it, it's a it, it's it's uh we came into the 21st century finally and we're very proud of it and uh so everything you really need is right there on that website outstanding i'll tell you what guys jim, go ahead jim I, jim i think uh i think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the the incoming class at least at least that would be nice yes. any names uh, because I, I want to do that because this is a real blockbuster, maybe maybe one of the best classes of inductees that we've ever had uh, with the Hall of Fame. Uh, John Gruden, who, who led, of course, the Tampa Bay Bucks to the Super Bowl championship, is going to be inducted this year, along with uh, Phil Esposito, who uh, you, you probably know led the effort to bring hockey to the Tampa Bay area and actually to the state of Florida in general. Uh, it was his dogged pursuit of uh, bringing NHL hockey to our state that has led to, to what we have today, which I think every, everyone knows wh- where that stands. So Phil Esposito will be inducted. Uh, Johnny Damon, uh, the great baseball player who grew up in Orlando, went to uh, Dr. Phillips High School in Orlando and had a 20-year major league career, uh, will also be an inductee. And then I'm real happy to say that Jeremy Foley, the longtime athletic director at the University of Florida, he's retiring here in a couple of days on October 1st. And after a long stint as the AD, uh, certainly deserving of uh, his, his induction. And then finally, uh, we have a young lady who's uh, won an Olympic gold medal in sailing, has been part of the sailing uh, culture in the state of Florida for many years, Allison Jolly. She uh, also happens to be the head coach of the sailing program at the University of South Florida, but has had a great career there. So those five individuals will be uh, enshrined on November 15th. Outstanding. Thanks very much. That was Wayne Hogan, the executive director of the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. We're also joined by the president of the Florida Sports Hall of Fame, Barry Smith. Gentlemen, what we're going to do is step aside, and we're going to take a break, come back. And when we do, we're going to get you involved in our Sports talk about the college and pro games played over the weekend 
and we want to get your take uh, on that aspect as well. You're listening to the Sunshine Boys podcast on sportstalkflorida.com and on blogtalkradio.com. I'm Jim Williams. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Sunshine Boys podcast. Joe Henderson, Ira Kaufman. Today, we are joined by Barry Smith, the president, and Wayne Hogan, the executive uh, director of the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, in our first segment, we got plenty of information in. We invite you to go out to their website. We invite you to uh, partake of their events coming up. The one big one is the induction ceremony coming up in November. And now, boys, we're going to take the Florida Sports Hall of Fame caps off. I'm going to put your um, FSU and Florida jerseys on, and we're going to talk about uh, what happened this past weekend. And, Joseph, now, uh, uh, why uh, did you – Mr. Williams? Yes, Mr. Williams, Kaufman. May, uh, may I weigh in for one moment? Uh, by with, all with means. You always – by all means. Go uh, for it. Uh, guys, that that is a powerhouse lineup, and I can't imagine – uh, you, you've had more intriguing classes. Uh, knowing Phil Esposito, guys, I don't think it took much to get him uh, interested in free golf on, on Tuesday morning, uh, November 15th. Uh, but my question, guys, uh, Wayne and Barry, um, how did you get a commitment from Gruden to show up uh, when normally uh, he'd be coming back from a Monday night broadcast and he's already – knee-deep uh, into his research in, in, in his uh, room with no lights on and, uh, and film study. How did you get Gruden to agree to it? Well, let, let me tell you, you know, John is uh, a, a neighbor of mine up in Avila, and um, like I said, John is uh, he's one unique character. God bless him. Uh, and he's always going. I mean, he, he's certainly a type A personality. Um, what, what's interesting in our um, – uh, we have had on occasion where uh, an individual has been elected uh, to our class, a certain class, and for some reason, whatever, cannot make that date. And then what we do is we slide that person until they can actually be there in person to be enshrined. So um, the after we had the elections, well, the next thing is tracking everybody down and getting the commitments out of everybody uh, uh, so we can announce it. And uh, that was uh, pretty interesting. I'll just say that uh, John proved to be a wily coyote. But uh, listen, between Derek Brooks and Scott Brantley and uh, actually uh, Cindy Gruden, uh, we finally lassoed him. And then God bless Wayne for. Uh, the putting the clothes on them. <laughs> true. All, all of the above is true. Well, uh, okay, I have a question now, and it has nothing to do with the Hall of Fame, but it has everything to do with what happened last weekend at Raymond James Stadium to my two Florida State friends here. What are you thinking yep. on the first play of the game when Quentin Flowers throws an 84-yard touchdown pass for South Florida against the Seminoles? Oh my God! <laughs> uh, I, I was, you know, I was there, of course, uh, with a lot of my football buddies. We actually had a little reunion uh, tailgate party going on before we stepped in, and of course, we were all jacked up, fired up. I mean, 
I hadn't even popped the first beer when I see, you know, there's the bomb and you're going, are you kidding me? And I thought we were in for another Louisville game, which I really couldn't take. But uh, by God, then, you know, then Dalvin Cook, whoop, you know, takes it to the house. And then I'm feeling a hell of a lot better. Let's put it that way. And uh, thank God it, uh, it it ended. But I was, uh, yeah, I was a little more than concerned uh, uh, the first quarter or so. Well, I would, yeah. I would submit, I would submit to, to all of you that uh, Dalvin Cook's touchdown run on, on FSU's first play from scrimmage may wind up being their most important play of the season because after the, the Louisville game and then South Florida's a pretty good team and yes. they're jacked up, they've got, you know, they, they feel like they can hang with the Seminoles. They get off to this tremendous start. And you could just kind of feel a little bit of the air go out of the balloon at that point for USF. And and Florida State really, I thought, asserted their will um, really from the first quarter on and and showed why they are who they are. Well, well, the uh, thing, it, Joe, the thing that I uh, made an observation on is after watching that game from start to finish, and the way that Florida State was able to really physically uh, kind of uh, punish uh, South Florida m- most of the day, it really makes you realize what a great team Louisville is uh, because uh, it, it, Florida State could yep. do nothing against Louisville and yet uh, looked as, as strong as they did against South Florida, which is – any way you slice it, they're a good football team, no, no doubt about it. You're listening to the Sunshine Boys podcast here on sportstalkflorida.com and blogtalkradio.com. I'm Jim Williams, the host. You just uh, heard from one of our guests, Wayne Hogan, the executive director of the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. Joining us also is the president of the Hall of Fame, Barry Smith, along with our normal cast of characters, the Sunshine Boys himself, Joe Henderson, Ira Kaufman. Uh, Guys, you know, to me on that game, and, and I watched it, and I had hoped that uh, it would be, we talked about it hopefully being a high-scoring but close game. It, it just, you look at it and you see, okay, Jimbo Fisher has had, what is it, five or six top ten recruiting classes? And you just looked at it and you said, you know, here's where that depth of a program like an FSU can help them get by a talented team uh, at South Florida because South Florida just didn't have the depth in my mind. Uh, And that was what, um, in in essence, to me, was the the difference of the ballgame. They just kept running bodies out there, and South Florida just couldn't hang with them after a while. Hey, Jim, Jim, I got a question for uh, Mr. Oh, by all means, go for it. Uh, Wayne, uh, now you hear this all the time because we've talked about this on the show. Uh, and Les Miles may be the, the, the most current example. Wayne, every time, you know, uh, a, a, a good program is thinking about changing coaches or does change coaches, the first name that always comes up is Jimbo Fisher, Wayne, always. Now, yep. part of that is he's a heck of a football coach, but – Wayne, if anybody knows uh, what goes on behind the scenes in, in Tallahassee, it's you. Uh, is there a sense in any way, Wayne, that Jimbo Fisher uh, is not, uh, you know, totally happy with uh, with his position at Florida State? 
I, I think he's very happy, Ira. I, I think that this is one of those odd ones in which, uh, you know, it, 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 once in a while you have this deal where you, you have one job that comes open that might be the only job in the United States that he would take a look at. Um, but, 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 you know, he said he, he is not doing that. He, you know, his salary is, is, is very handsome, uh, $5.1 million, I believe. I think he's the fifth highest paid uh, head coach. The facilities have been improved dramatically during his tenure. The recruiting fields in, in the state of Florida are as fertile as they've ever been. Um, he, he certainly has fit well in Tallahassee uh, and with the Florida State fan base and, and the culture there. It just seems like he's got everything that he wants right now going in the right direction. I would be shocked, honestly, if he really seriously took a look at uh, at Baton Rouge. I really would. And I, I echo uh, Wayne's sentiments there. Uh, we, uh, the university, the boosters have given uh, Jimbo everything that he needs to succeed. Um, and he's done very well. Um, so the infrastructure is there. I mean, he's worked so hard, to, like you said, to build these top top recruiting classes. Uh, and don't forget, he's got a couple young boys, too, that are there. And and uh, I, I I just don't see him leaving, you know. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I think you owe it to yourself sometimes to listen to, hey, what's the deal? I mean, you know, the, you know, somebody came along and made something that was just so unbelievably crazy that, you know, you'd have to have to look at it seriously. But he's got everything he wants. And, uh, you know, gentlemen, whether you make five or six million dollars, the extra million bucks, how are you going to spend it anyway? You know, uh, I guess you leave it for your grandkids. Right. Well, I, I have a, a, a question and an observation here, which uh, I would address to both of our guests, because you guys have been, you know, at, at the highest levels of, of college football. Les Miles had a record of 114 and 34. He won a national championship. He he was in the conversation uh, for that pretty much every year, and they fired him. And they fired him. Not only did they fire him, they fire him after a road loss at Auburn, which is not a you know no patsy on a controversial finish. Okay, and so if I'm Jimbo Fisher or or anybody on that level, I'm looking at that going. Why would I ever want to get mixed up with a with a situation like that where I could have a record like that, I could have a national championship ring, and they still fire me? I mean, what do what do they want there? Good grief. I, I honestly don't know what people are thinking anymore, Joe. I think you make a great observation, and I've seen this happen uh, more more than just at LSU. I look at the I, I happen to be up at Georgia Tech for a number of years and watched what went on with Mark Richt at University of Georgia. And, uh, and this idea that you've got to win a national championship every other year or else the program is in shambles has gotten completely out of control. You're, you're, seeing, you're seeing good, good coaches, good men uh, that, that are excellent uh, uh, representatives of, the, of, of uh, universities and programs that are being fired after winning 10, 11, 12, football games in a year because they haven't won the national championship. That's absolutely ludicrous. 
And I don't know where it stops. I mean, it's it's uh, it bothers me. It, uh, the Mark Richt firing at Georgia bothered me. This one bothers me. Uh, I don't know where it stops. I guess if you make five or six million dollars a year, uh, your 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 career turns on a hair trigger. So, uh, but I, I'm not comfortable with it at all. The only observation I have about the Les Miles situation, and I wish him well, is at least I don't have to see another fake field goal beat Florida. Uh, but you know, Ira has been guys, uh, very much of a pro Mark Rick guy with the university of Miami. And I'll let Ira speak for himself on this one, but he's, uh, he is, uh, he thinks that, uh, Mark's going to do well with that, fran- uh, with that franchise, with that, uh, university down there. I'll let Ira talk a little more about, uh, Miami and Mark Rick. Uh, not, not a lot of people are talking about the Hurricanes, and, and while they're not the Hurricanes of uh, 1986 and 1987 under, under Jimmy Johnson, yet uh, they're making a lot of strides. Um, Jim Joe, Joe is, is the huge uh, Mark Rick supporter, uh, but I echo uh, Joe's comments in that uh, it's not going to take him very long to get the Hurricanes back in the national conversation. Uh, they went up to Appalachian State, guys. Not an easy place to play. Those fans were in an uproar for the last six months. Tickets were scarce. Uh, and the Hurricanes took care of business. I, Guys, I just think college football is a lot more interesting overall when Miami uh, is a national power, and, and it looks like they're getting back to that. Ira, let me tell you what. I, I did, To me, there was nothing better than when – Florida, Miami, and FSU were all basically doing a round robin, and it seemed like whoever won won the national championship or, you know, the highway to the championship went through one of those universities. Um, I, you know, hey, I, 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 as much as it pains me, some of those wide rights and wide left, you know, it, it, it is what <laughs> it is. It, it makes college football so freaking exciting. And, uh, you know, needless to say, this is my favorite time of year. But, Mark Rick, um, I'll, I'll say that uh, I think that he will do a very good job down there. And um, I, I know he's very passionate about going back to his university. And uh, I think he'll do a wonderful job. I just hope not too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's the thing about Les Miles now, too. He immediately goes to the top of coaching vacancy lists everywhere. Yeah, you know, if I if I'm a a guy or an athletic director at a at a school that's looking for a football coach, he's going to be one of the first guys I call. And I think that LSU is going to find out that they made a mistake. They really did. And um I I I understand the passion, I understand the SEC I understand that they're in the same division with Alabama and they want to beat Alabama every year. Well, good luck with that. Uh, and, and, and speaking of coaches, how would you like to be the person who follows Nick Saban when that time comes at Alabama? If they have oh, to yeah. punt, if they have to yeah. punt in the first quarter, there, somebody there is going to want them fired. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's insane. And the playoffs I love the playoffs. I think it's great. I'm, I'm 
thrilled that it's going to the, the national championship game is going to be played in Tampa this year. But boy, did that ratchet the pressure up uh, on people. And uh, you know, I'm not sure that's a good thing. Joe, let me tell you, I I think that uh, when we develop the playoff system, although it is exciting and everybody loves it. Uh, that uh, we've kind of turned college football into a high-stakes race. It's kind of a nuclear arms race. Um, and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's different. But uh, you know what? You know, again, uh, you know, it's a, great, it's a great sport. I love it. And uh, I, being living here in Tampa, I'm very excited about having the first national championship game like that in the playoff system. Being here in the South, right here in Tampa and not in Atlanta or somewhere else. So we're very excited about that. And we should be. Here on the Sunshine Boys podcast, um, Joe Henderson, Ira Kaufman, being joined today by Barry Smith, Wayne Hogan. And uh, since we're on a college slash uh, Florida State uh, kind of a theme here, both Joe Henderson and Ira Kaufman have the pleasure, guys, of covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they were witness, or at least one of them, was witness to the whole game the other day against uh, the Los Angeles Rams. I can actually say that and not screw up anymore. Um, and uh, Jameis Winston is starting year two uh, in the pros. And um, let's talk a little bit with Joe and, and Ira about him and then get uh, Wayne and Barry your your thoughts on it. You know, uh, Jim, what surprised me a little after that game is after a 37-32 loss, a lot of people were trying to single out Jameis Winston uh, as perhaps the major culprit uh, in that game, and I I don't understand that. Um, I don't give Winston an A-plus, but the kid threw for 405 yards. He's got no running game at the moment unlike last year, mm-hmm. um, and he nearly pulled out uh, quite a comeback. Uh, look, anybody, we saw Drew Brees last night on the last play of the game. Instead of throwing the ball up uh, for grabs with two minutes left, uh, he got tackled uh, 15 yards short of a first down. Nobody's mm-hmm. screaming uh, about Drew Brees this morning. Uh, there's a lot of problems in Tampa. Uh, and I think Winston's like number 11 on the list. They got a kicker, uh, who your two guests know very well, uh, who can't make a field goal or an extra point. That's become a major issue. But Jameis Winston's going to be fine, guys. Uh, he's going to have a heck of a career in this league. His competitiveness is off the charts. He's the first guy at one buck place every morning. Uh, and he loves football. And I think those elements uh, are, are going to make him uh, an outstanding National Football League quarterback. Well, Ira, I think you you pinned it exactly. the The problem Sunday was not Jameis Winston. Although I, I will be honest with you, on the last play, um, once he made up his mind to run, if he had been decisive uh, like he was last year. Um, he might've made it. He might've made it into the end zone. Uh, it would have been close, but as it was, it was kind of this curious sort of, well, is he going to run? Is he going to throw? 
he was beyond the line of scrimmage and he still wasn't going all out uh, stipulated. But the key factor in that loss uh, was, was the kicker, Aguayo. And that, you know, they're, they're wed to him for this season. And uh, kickers, as we know, are, can be a different breed. And it's, uh, I'm sure it's mental with him right now. I'm sure he's overthinking it uh, rather than just letting it rip. But uh, hit that, the missed field goal and the missed extra point totally changed the complexion of that football game and probably cost the Bucks a, a victory. You know, well, uh, Jim, this is, yeah. Jim, this is a very sensitive issue with Aguayo, Jim. Um, if he was a free agent, I, I think there's a chance he would have already been cut because he had problems in the preseason. Seemed to get over it, and now uh, it's back to being an issue. Uh, I'm wondering what our guests think. The fact that he's a second-round pick, they traded up to get him, so they put him in the spotlight right away. You got Dirk Cutter yelling at the GM in front of it. I got to win games, guys. I, I got to win some games. I got a guy I can rely on. So uh, I think Joe's right. I mean, they're not going to cut Roberto Aguayo after three weeks. Uh, but it's a very, very sensitive issue uh, because the GM's reputation uh, in some ways is, is on the line here. Yeah, but, you know, uh, it, you know, I, I, I can't. I can't in good conscience blame them in that regard. I mean, I watched this kid play throughout his college career. He was he missed nothing. He 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 was machine like. I mean, he he missed zero extra points. He rarely missed a field goal. He was automatic. You know, but at the end of the day, guess what? He's a kicker. So so that therein lies. Who knows why all of a sudden he can't make an extra point? Who knows? You know, Wayne. Listen, I, I I play with a number of kickers. You know, at uh, you know in the in the NFL, and and uh, they are a different breed. And uh, I think you could compare them. They're they're like golfers. Listen, you, you know, golfers get hot, and then all of a sudden they lose their swing. You know, they get the yips, and you know they shake or whatever, and somehow they got to you know, you know. I mean, needs a psychologist or something to, you know, help him. Uh, but, you know, it, it, that's a tough thing. You know, my heart goes out to him because he is a great kid. And uh, he's a hell of a kicker and uh, just one that, uh, uh, being a Bucks fan, uh, we certainly want him to uh, start making those and so we can uh, not have any more days like we did this past Sunday afternoon. His baby brother seems to be able to kick pretty well. Maybe they could slide him in there. Maybe they could slide him in there and nobody would know the difference. Well, last last week, Ira was trying to sneak one of South Florida's wide receivers over on the Bucks for the uh, for Sunday's game. So, uh, you know, Vincent Jackson is becoming a problem. Uh, I'm sure Joe will weigh in on it too. But his body language is, is lousy. Uh, it's his last year of his contract. He's 33. He knows he's not coming back next year. Um, but the Bucks need him, and there's a lot, you know, a lot of coverage tilted towards Mike Evans. Uh, Adam Humphreys played well, but they they missed that Vincent Jackson option, and uh, he's becoming an issue too, guys, uh, in Tampa. 
Yeah, they really uh, receiving area is 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 a problem. I mean, uh, the kid Humphreys is a nice player, very earnest. Uh, people are uh, trying to draw comparisons with him and and Edelman in New England. I think that's a bit of a stretch at this point, but right now uh, getting some real game breaking speed out on uh, in the wide receiver core is uh, has to be a high priority for this, for this organization going forward, because you've got a, you've got a, a, a playmaking quarterback. You've, you've got your franchise guy at that position. Uh, you've addressed the offensive line. You've addressed a lot of areas on that team, but they just don't have any playmakers. And when, when uh, Doug Martin goes down uh, and you have to throw the ball, you, you've got Mike Evans and um, pull a rabbit out of your hat at that point. So uh, I agree with you about, about Jackson. He's had a, he's had a nice career here, but clearly um, he's in a funk and, and that's hurting the bucks. Hey guys, one quick question. And that is, you know, you talk a lot about the offensive side of the ball and the kicking aspect. The Rams scored. 37 points i mean did the defense not uh show up on on sunday what? how did that happen i mean it's not you like the rams are running up points on everybody you don't believe in the greatness of this case keenum i'm just saying what's going not on since, not since he was at, you know in college no you know uh barry uh mike smith barry mike smith wants another crack at the uh head coaching job and and everybody on this uh, broadcast understands that. Of course he would. Yep. Uh, but Barry, the only way he's going to get it uh, is if the Bucks have a pretty good season and the defense in particular uh, moves up, you know, from near the bottom to at least the middle, uh, and then that makes Smith a, a viable candidate in 2017. Instead, Barry, they, they've given up 101 points in, in three weeks. They're on a two-game losing streak, and as Jim just mentioned, the Rams hadn't scored a touchdown the first two games, uh, and uh, they moved the ball uh, entirely too easily, uh, both on the ground and in the air, the immortal Case Keenum, and uh, the Bucks are giving up a lot of big pass plays. So, Jim, your point is right. The main culprit, and I said it wasn't Jameis Winston, the main culprit in this two-game losing streak is a defense that's not making any plays. Uh, bad pass rush. They don't force turnovers. And if this continues, guys, uh, you know, I, I think we're looking at uh, at a 6-10 and ten season once again. Sad well, but true, Ira. Yeah, yep, yep. Well, it, it, winning in the NFL is uh, uh, it's not an easy thing to do, and uh, I'm always amazed at you know, certain franchises that continue to uh, win year in, year out, and uh, and some franchises that uh, just can't make it happen. But uh, I'm I'm optimistic with this group. You know that uh, you know they have implemented some changes, and you know there's a mindset. You know there's a mindset that uh, does take a little while to change, but uh, there are individuals that have got to step up and make things happen. You know, somebody you can't look around and hope somebody else is going to come up with the play you gotta you gotta step up and make the play well guys here we are on the uh sunshine boys podcast jim williams sports director of 
Sports Talk Florida. Our guests, Wayne Hogan, Executive Director, and Barry Smith, President of the Florida Sports Hall of Fame, and of course, our Sunshine Boys themselves, Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson. Guys, we've come to that point in time in the in the show where we're doing last call, and so we'll give our guests a uh, shot at some last call here, guys. Uh, Wayne and Barry, some games that you're looking forward to coming up this week. Something that uh, we should uh, be looking out for from your standpoint. Uh, we'll start with you, Barry. Well, how about uh, Clemson, uh, Louisville? <laughs> Enough said. Okay. All right. And then, of course, would be uh, FSU North Carolina, which I will be there at Doe Campbell. So, uh, uh, you know, I'll be uh, I'll be pulling for Clemson, and <laughs> I'll be pulling for Clemson. And uh, uh, that when we match up with them, that uh, uh, that uh, you know we uh, that we're ready to step up. But there's a few games in between. You know, we got a I guess a date with the with the Canes down in Miami. It's coming up that uh, so you know with the next next several weekends going to be pretty interesting. Wayne, what's up with you? What do you think uh, this week? What are you going to be watching? What are you going to be doing? I'm going to start right where Barry did. How about Clemson Louisville? <laughs> I think that's shaping up to be some kind of ball game there. I, I mean, it, I, when the season started, everybody thought Florida State Clemson was going to uh, be the path to the national championship. This one. This one could top that uh, for sure. Uh, so, so I'm anxious to to see that game. I, I again, I, I'm going to actually be in Tallahassee as well this weekend. We're uh, we're going up for um, uh, a visit with uh, good old Coach Bobby Bowden this weekend. I'm working with a group of folks, and I know this is a little off topic, and I'll make it short. But uh, there's a new uh, Hollywood produced motion picture on Coach Bobby Bowden. That's coming out uh, this January. The uh, world premiere is going to take place in St. Petersburg the night before the national championship game. Uh, this is a couple of producers that uh, worked on the 30 for 30 series at ESPN. Uh, they've done a full-length um, documentary film on on Coach Bowden's uh, life and times, and uh, it's going to be a tremendous thing. Anyway, I'm involved in that uh, through the, my, my role with Hall of Fame. So we're going to spend Friday uh, with Coach Bowden, and we're going to actually show him the first cut uh, of the vid- of this of this uh, film. So he'll get a chance to see it for the first time. And I think that may be the most exciting part of my weekend. Maybe even more exciting than the game uh, itself with North Carolina the next day. It sounds pretty good, Joe. You're up. Well, obviously Clemson Louisville is is a top shelf game, but there's another pretty good one. Saturday afternoon, and it is Michigan and Wisconsin. And uh, Wisconsin is a pretty surprising 4-0 at this point, and they just really uh, obliterated Michigan State last week. Uh, And, uh, of course, we know what uh, Jim Harbaugh is doing at Michigan. So that's one I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. And um, I am interested to see how Florida State – Fairs in their uh, in their game with North Carolina. Uh, every conference game for the for the Seminoles going forward is is a must win. Uh, they've lost any margin for error uh, if they want to play for the conference championship. And uh, this will not be an easy game for them. Although I do think they will win. And batting cleanup, a New York Giants baseball. I'm sorry, a San Francisco Giants baseball fan. 
Ira Kaufman, what you got, Ira? Don't remind me, James. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to focus on Sunday. And uh, you know what? The defending Super Bowl champs are coming to Tampa on Sunday, 4.05. The Bucks are battered. They're bruised. They're hurt. They're frustrated. And Joe knows better than anybody. These are the kind of games where all of a sudden the Bucks play well. Uh, I think fear of embarrassment over the years has spurred the, the Bucks to pull off some uh, unlikely upsets. Uh, I believe Denver's a four-point favorite. Seems a little short. Uh, Denver's undefeated. They, they look as good as last year, if not better. Uh, I got a feeling the Bucks are going to play well in this game. And if they do uh, and manage to win it, and, and, and they're 2-2, two and two, uh, even if they lose to Carolina the following week on a Monday night, that, that's 2-3 and three at, uh, at the bye. The schedule softens. Uh, things could look a lot different for Buck fans. But they got to show up Sunday, Jim. The, and the Broncos and Von Miller, uh, you know, Von Miller's got a got a picture of Jameis Winston on his wall right now, um, and he wants to bury that kid. Uh, if they can keep Miller off him, I, I think the Bucks have a good chance. Outstanding. I I know we talk a lot about football, but for me, this is the last week of uh, the regular season in baseball, and there's some really good wild card pennant races going down to the wire here and uh, i will be keeping one eye on that and the other eye on uh, on college and pro football this weekend well guys you know, jim, one jim, go ahead we have not mentioned um jim we have not mentioned the passing of uh, arnold palmer and of oh course, very good uh, point thank you thank uh, you for you know that. wayne um wayne and barry of course you know that bay hill tournament uh is a tremendous success in orlando uh, every March, and um, Arnie's a big reason why. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I just didn't want the show to go by without without no, mentioning. No, you're all. absolutely right, Ira, and that was a very good call. There was, um, I, I gotta say this. I mean, all of us have had the pleasure of being around at one point in time special people who were in in sports. And I can honestly say, from a personal standpoint, I don't think I've ever met. A more gracious, a more polite, or a more brilliant person than Arnold Palmer, and uh, and his loss, and the way he basically changed marketing along with Mark McCormick and uh, their development of IMG. Uh, yep. He was a brilliant golfer, but he was even more brilliant as a builder of everything, including putting up the money for the golf channel to start that before there was an NFL uh, network, uh, before there's an MLB network or before there was an NHL network or NBA TV, there was a golf channel and I, and Arnold Palmer was there. And I think the most important thing and, and Ira, you hit it is that he was the common guy. He was the common man. He He didn't care. As a matter of fact, he would embrace the fact that Jack Nicholas was, a better golfer and others were better golfers, but there was never a more loved golfer than Arnold Palmer. And I think if your legacy is that you're great at your sport, but you're most loved at your sport, I think that's pretty much the, the, uh, the best takeaway in a life that you can have. And there's no question that Arnold Palmer was both gracious and loved by Arnie's army and will continue to be loved by Arnie's army 
for many, many years to go. But thanks, Ira, for picking that up because that was a great, um, a great sports loss, as was, of course, the loss of um, young Alex Fernandez of uh, of the Miami Dolphins. I mean, I'm sorry, Miami Marlins. Tragic. And Joe, you knew him as a, a kid playing baseball in uh, in high school in Tampa, right? Yeah, Alonzo High School. Uh... Uh, pitched them to a state championship and 24 years old. I mean, what can we say about it that hasn't already been said? Uh, some things just hurt, just hurt. And this, this one hurt. Um, beloved kid, uh, fierce competitor, sky was the limit. All I can tell you is guys, uh, hug them close because you never know. And on that very wise note, we're going to go around real quick, guys, and give your social media. Uh, Wayne and Barry, uh, if we want to get in touch, let's reiterate the uh, Florida Sports Hall of Fame website so people know where to go to get all information having to do with uh, the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. Take it away, Wayne. Uh, I think Barry said it very uh, precisely before F L A Sports H O F dot org. F L A Sports H O F dot org. You can do everything you need to do there. In fact, uh, be be a part of our enshrinement ceremony. You can actually uh through PayPal uh purchase tickets, tables, sponsorships. Uh it's a one stop shop. All right, thanks, Wayne. Joe. Social media. <laughs> Social media, you can find me on Twitter uh, at the initial J Henderson Tampa, T A M P A. Mr. Kaufman, where can we find you? Uh, please find me on Twitter, Jim, uh, at I Kaufman76. And um, look forward to the next broadcast. And uh, I had a lot of fun. I hope, uh, hope the listeners enjoyed this one as much as uh, we did. Absolutely. And by the way, go out to right now to sportstalkflorida.com after this, after you listen to this and read Ira's column. It's a good one this morning. It's always good. And uh, you can find Joe and Ira on uh, sportstalkflorida.com. And Joe sneaks over and does a little politics on the side at newstalkflorida.com. Anyway, let's, uh, by the way, tremendous thanks to Barry Smith, the president, Wayne Hogan, the executive director of the Florida Sports Hall of Fame for filling us in on what's going on with that fine organization. Always a pleasure to have our usual cast of characters, the Sunshine Boys themselves, Ira Kaufman, Joe Henderson. I'm Jim Williams, your host from SportsTalkFlorida.com. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. And until next time, enjoy your sports. 